You're listening to Market Scale Healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I'm going to have a conversation with Rob Brule, the Senior Manager of Product Management for CoPoint Health. Rob, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Um, you didn't actually start out in the healthcare industry. Do me a favor. Tell me kind of the road that led you to CorePoint Health. Right. So I have a, a lot of experience in product management, which uh, can scale across industries. Um, you know, the uh, um, taking ideas from customers, understanding markets, and then translating those into real products. And so CorePoint Health was a growing company. And around the uh, 2010 timeframe, they had gotten to the point where they really needed a, a solid product management plan to, to help just organize what features and functionalities the healthcare IT market um, needed. And so, you know, I, I happened to get connected with them. I had a lot of product management experience in bringing features and functionality to life based on market understanding. Um, however, I didn't at that time have a uh, understanding of the healthcare market. So it was uh, just me jumping in and, and understanding healthcare IT. Um, you know, I have a technical background. I'm an electrical engineer and I've always worked in technical environments. Uh, but, you know, learning HL7V2 and, and other technologies in healthcare that are used for interoperability uh, was something that I had to learn very fast and uh, have been learning for the past seven years. But uh, uh, um, but it was really my product management experience that brought me uh, into healthcare. Now you you're responsible really for for forming the the product roadmap. I mean you kind of you have to predict the future a little bit in your in your day to day. But in order to do that, as you mentioned, you had to absorb a massive amount of information as far as subtleties and and things that are maybe specific to healthcare. Tell me about some of the some of the things that you picked up that really have formed the way you handle your job on a daily basis. Yeah, I think actually being outside of healthcare has has helped me um, to understand uh, how other industries work in in uh, exchanging data through software platforms. You know, when I when I joined healthcare or when I joined CorePoint in the healthcare industry, uh, we had a lot of people here that have been in healthcare you know forever. You know, twenty thirty years of of healthcare IT experience, and so I really leaned on them to understand the nuances. Um, HL seven V two is is certainly a unique. Stage standard um, with, with the pipes and hats. You know, that's something that maybe, you know, back in the 1980s when I was in college that, uh, um, you know, would have been uh, something very, very utilized very widely at that time. And, uh, you know, I was a little shocked when I came into healthcare and, and, and saw such of a, a standard being utilized. But, uh, but you know, knowing how, uh, um, you know, web services and, and XML and, and now JSON is used in other industries through social media. Uh, I think having a, a background outside of healthcare has really helped me open my eyes up once I got into healthcare as to, yes, there's, you know, we, we have been doing things in healthcare IT a certain way for a long time, but there's also other ways, you know, that I've seen out, outside of healthcare that uh, potentially could could help you know, benefit healthcare and benefit CorePoint to help our customers in uh, giving them new ways to, to exchange data. You mentioned noticing things or processes outside of healthcare that could be beneficial if they can be integrated into the existing processes. What are a few of the trends that you've seen from both from a technical standpoint and then, you know, from an interoperability? What are a couple of things that you've seen that really caught your attention recently? 
Right. Probably, the, you know, the biggest is going to be HL7 Fire. So um, the HL7 organization back in 2011, uh, you know, started developing the fire standard. And the mindset at that time was to do it on modern standards. So to make this big technology shift between, you know, the way we were doing things, which is a 80s or 90s type way to doing it, to really embracing the latest and the greatest. Um, and that included utilizing RESTful Web Services, which is what most of the, uh, you know, social media uh, inter, inter, interoperability and, and exchange of uh, data is based on uh, and utilizing that RESTful web services uh, and, and then encoding data uh, based on an XML format or a JSON format. Uh, that really has kind of open open things up in healthcare. And, and, you know, there's always the government sanctions that help a little bit as too as well. So you have meaningful use stage three, which mandates that all EHR technologies include an open API uh, in their product. And so as in 2019, meaningful use stage three will be required. And so you'll you'll start seeing uh, vendors upgrade to uh, products that are going to have this open access to patient data. So then, you know, whether it's patients or physicians, they can take an application that they like, uh, as long as it's fire-based or, or um, capable of connecting to that open API, they can go get their data in the way they want to get it. And they can use the apps that they want to use versus right now, if you're a patient, you have to go to, uh, you know, the hospital patient portal. And then if you go to like four or five different facilities, you may have your data spread across those, those four or five portals with four or five different logins that all should change over, over the, you know, the next, let's say three, four, five years um, as meaningful use stage three uh, has its full effect and that we start having these open APIs that are consistent in the way that they deliver data. And then these applications can go help the data, uh, making things easier for physicians, making things easier for patients and, and uh, you know, improving healthcare in general. Um, and then there's other technologies like Smart on Fire is is one that uh, really has uh, you know taken up lately. It you know if you go to the Smart on Fire website, I think there's over 50 apps there now um, where people have generated applications that can actually sit in a Cerner environment or an Epic environment or an Allscripts environment and get to the patient data and do unique things that are above and beyond what what Cerner or Epic or Allscripts uh, could do themselves. So these are additional things that can be bolted on to your traditional EHR systems, and that's really you know driving a lot of creativity in, in healthcare and uh, um, just expanding the way that data can be shared and utilized. So as we talk about the move from, you know, vendor-specific uh, APIs going to that more open source API, that increases exponentially the amount of data that's gathered and needs to be processed. That data has to be stored someplace and cloud functionality seems to be uh, the most logical approach to that. But with all of that open API and cloud, with all that comes the very real concern for privacy and security. Tell me a little bit about your approach or your thought process in just how you protect all of that information. Right. So there's, uh, when you look at the cloud, you know, two of the leading cloud vendors right now are, are AWS and uh, Azure, and uh, they both have HIPAA guidelines for healthcare as to, uh, you know, how do you protect data in the cloud? But uh, just last week, I was at uh, HIMSS 2018 in Las Vegas, and I went to, you know, several different education sessions, which helped me learn about the industry. And every single session, 
whether it was a security-based session or not, seemed to have some focus on privacy and security. Um, it's just all across the board, this, this complete focus in healthcare now on keeping data secure, like you said. And uh, that's driven a lot, you know, in the past year about the ransomware attacks, and then you've had other viruses that have been uh, um, pretty intrusive. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a real concern, uh, not only just, losing patient data, but just, you know, with ransomware attacks, just having access to it to do healthcare, um, you know, that can be a real serious situation for your patients in the hospital if, if you are, you know, hit with a ransomware attack. Um, so how, how do you solve for that? Um, there's, you know, encryption is key. Uh, so all data at rest has to be encrypted, whether it's on-premise or in the cloud. Uh, and then the data transfer uh, between your facility and also, you know, if you're a cloud-based vendor and you're going from, you know, not all your applications are probably going to be hosted in the same cloud um, and you may still have some on-premise. And so as all that data transfers everywhere, um, you know, you need to have technologies to encrypt data, data in motion as well. And, um and then there's all there's testing you can do. So there's the high trust group, which certifies organizations against HIPAA standards. So they've gained a lot of momentum. Um, there was a lot of talk at HIMSS this year about the high trust organization and and their framework that an organization can go through to get certified. Uh, then there's application specific testing you can do. There's a uh, OWASP standard, which is O-W-A-S-P, and it is a standard you can test to for internet security, for um, um, web browser-based security. And uh, so we've gone here at CorePoint through that OWASP testing to make sure that our application is, you know, as, as tight as it can be by security standards. And we have to continue to do that on a regular basis because things change. There's always new threats. There's always new technologies. But, uh, but we we make sure that we go through the the proper testing to, uh, you know, make sure that our software is as secure as it can be, and uh, and then we provide our customers who are sending data. You know, CorePoint's a, a integration engine, and so it sends data around. So of course we have all the means in our product to encrypt data at rest and and to encrypt data at motion uh, to make sure that you know if there is a compromise, then that that data is is secure as well because it's it's encrypted even though you know somebody may have broken in and, and got access to it now as these healthcare systems continue to move towards this sort of everybody is friendly merge you add in a level of difficulty or a level of of exponential difficulty in adding in customers the consumer is actually becoming a they're starting to play a really large role in being uh, an interactive part in their own healthcare uh now how do you approach sort of bringing those customers in and easing them into this pretty overwhelming environment right and uh you know that that's going to be uh, slowly but surely over time you know you you think the uh you know some of the people who have grown up with smartphones their whole life um are going to be much more probably ready to embrace it uh than than the older generation um but uh you know we at definitely at hims 18 there was a lot more emphasis this year on uh, wearables and mobile apps and, and how they can really impact healthcare. And there, there were some great use cases out there um, about people who are doing things already uh, to, you know, benefit from, from wearables or mobile apps. Um, you know, there was one hospital that um, in Western New York called, um, 
uh, Kaleida Health, and they had a, a session on, uh, they have a children's hospital. And, you know, children's hospitals, you know, when people go to children's hospitals, they're, you know, it's kind of probably a depressing situation. You know, your, your child may have just been diagnosed with cancer and you're really stressed out and, and they want to take as much of that stress away as possible. And they found out that one of the, the most stressful things about going to the children's hospital was, you know, you're told to go from department to department and you can't even find out where those departments are and, you know, and you're running late and it's just, and then you're trying to ask, you know, what's where and, and it's a very stressful situation. So they just took the initiative to develop an app uh, that, you know, when you register at the hospital, you, you know, you can download their app and that and that app then, you know, is synced in with your registration and it can tell you where you need to go in the children's hospital. So your first, uh, you know, appointment is is in, in this facility or this building or this room, this floor. It just it tells you where to go. And if you, you know, make a wrong turn and go down the wrong hallway, it's going to tell you to turn around and, and, and go back, you know, the other way. Um, so it really has has. Uh, taken at least the the stress out of out of one um you know point of of taking your child to to a children's hospital um another example was uh the american college of cardiology they used four different uh um, devices they had one was fitbit which was uh you know uh tracking steps and and there were three others one of them happened to be a uh a mobile app that you put on your phone to track what you eat but uh in doing research you know we talked about all this data being available and data being in the cloud and you know that's really good for somebody like the american College of Cardiology is going to be doing a lot of research, but they focused in on on patients who are having cardiology issues and said, "Hey, here's four devices we'd be interested in you participating in, either wearing or you know documenting on your mobile app. Uh, if you could wear these." or utilize these, we can bring that data back in. And then we can not only help you, but we can, you know, through our analytics, we can determine all these trends and what works best and, you know, who's improved the best based on what they're doing. And uh, it, it would really help cardiology research in general and, and hopefully help patients down the road. Um, so there's these these use cases that are starting to creep in to, uh, um, to benefit healthcare. Um, and then just just another comment on that, you know, how do how do you keep that secure? Going back to the, the last topic we were talking about, and uh, that that's something that's going to be you know a little trickier. Um, but you can use authorization much like you're used to with like Facebook or Twitter. So you know, all of us are probably familiar with going to some website, and it's like you can log in or you can log in with Facebook. And so you know, Epic or Cerner might be the Facebook of of healthcare, where you know, as as long as you you are, are established with a known entity in, in healthcare, a trusted entity, then you can go and, and get data from another sources and you don't have to kind of, you know, keep all these logins and, and keep track of everywhere you're, you're connected to and how you connected to them. You know, healthcare could get to that point where it's very easy for, for a patient to uh, connect to a lot of different places uh, with one trusted source. You know, it's springtime and that's trade show and conference season. And you've mentioned your recent attendance at a conference that puts you in a really neat position to see how other people are planning the future, what predictions they're making and kind of what technologies they're embracing as a as a leader in the industry and someone who has to look to the future on a daily basis. What trends do you see coming on the horizon that you think are going to fit well with what CorePoint Health is focusing on right now? 
Right. So there's, you know, several of them have been kind of uh, trickled in throughout our conversation already, but uh, definitely continued movement to the cloud. And, um, you know, I went to one uh, session at Hims where it was a small community hospital. And, and you might think, well, why, why would a community hospital with their small little data center want to, want to move to the cloud? And, uh, you know, it had to do with privacy and security, as we talked about. You know, they, they don't have the resources really to keep everything as secure, and they can kind of offload that to an Amazon or an AWS. Uh, it also had to do with skill set where, um, you know, they don't, they don't have the technical expertise out in a small town to, you know, set up high availability in their data center or to set up their SAN or set up clusters or, you know, all the things you need to do to make a, a data center really highly available like you need for patient set, patient care. Um, that involves a, a pretty unique skill set that's, that's not always available. And so there was a really good case made by this small community hospital as to, you know, why would you move to a cloud e even for a small facility? So there's definitely that trend. Of moving to the cloud. Uh, we talked about open APIs and just the use of APIs in general. Uh, that's definitely a trend. Uh, we're seeing the edge cases right now where, you know, research people or maybe a, a unique setting in a hospital uh, is making use of devices. But I think we'll see more and more of those as time goes on uh, to where devices are going to be more common for um, getting healthcare data into the uh, personal health record so that when you see your doctor, um, you know, not only is, is there input right there where the, the doctor takes in, but there's maybe data from home as well. Maybe you're taking your blood pressure every day or, you know, if you're a diabetic, you got your glucose readings and, and those, you know, daily events end up, you know, being in your, your EHR at some point. Um, so there's the, the use of APIs. Um, privacy and security, as we talked about, is, is just really big. Um, one thing I haven't talked about yet is this uh, continuing trend in healthcare for more mergers uh, among hospitals and healthcare facilities. Um, so I think that would be another one where the the health systems are, are getting larger and broader in their scope. Um, and so that's that's something that, you know, it, it has its its pluses and minuses, I guess, from a patient perspective. From an inter interoperability perspective, uh, it's probably good. There's, you know, they, they typically have more resources uh, to, to manage their interoperability and, uh, and, and can more, you know, have the technology to ready, readily share with the other large health systems. Uh, so I think it's a good thing for interoperability. Um, and, uh, you know, CorePoint uh, specifically is, is really, you know, taking a lot of steps to address all of these. Um, we have, you know, an integration product that is already running in all the major clouds. Um, and we continue to uh, kind of fine tune our product to, to run better in the clouds and, and to make it easier to transfer data uh, in a cloud environment. Um, we've, for, you know, several releases supported uh, the fire standard um, and uh, the ability to connect to APIs as well. Um, we've had, you know, encryption for data, uh, you know, in, in motion and data at rest for, for many, many years. Uh, and so we're, uh, you know, we're, we're set. We, we feel like we're in a good place to, to address all the key trends in healthcare. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to monitor how the, uh, um, the proliferation of data expands, especially with devices, and uh, are excited to just, uh, you know, help be in the middle of sharing all that data as well. Now, Rob, you strike me as the sort of man who goes to a conference to get knowledge and you retain that information. So I'm going to allow you 30 seconds to present your case 
for maybe holding the next conference in a city that's a little more conducive to focusing on why you're there and not so much on maybe the crazy activities in Las Vegas. <laughs> Is there a city in the United States that you would much rather have a conference in rather than being in the chaos of Las Vegas? Oh, Las, Las Vegas is pretty good and, and not for the, the gambling or other, other activities, but, uh, but mainly for the food, you know, the hymns, uh, in, in healthcare hymns is the big conference. And, uh, it, it nowadays it's rotating between Las Vegas and Orlando. Um, the, the ability to get, you know, good meals in, in Vegas is, uh, um, probably the, the biggest, uh, selling point for me versus, uh, um, not that there's not good restaurants in Orlando, but in Vegas, you just have the, the luxury of just walking to so many good restaurants. Um, but, uh, you know, v variety is, is, uh, definitely, uh, key, uh, in the past, Hims has been at, uh, New Orleans and in Chicago, and it's been great to go, to go to all those cities as well. Well, as someone who works in healthcare, I'm sure you're very much on board with the phrase, good food leads to good focus. So <laughs> thanks so much for taking the time today. I have been speaking with Rob Brule. He is the Senior Manager for Product Management for CorePoint Health. Rob, thanks so much for taking the time today. This has been really interesting and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.